brief announcement. I won't put this on the show. But uh, 20 years ago today, I was diagnosed with acute myelogenous leukemia. Oh, so this is your date? This is my 20th anniversary. Wow. Oh. And wow. I am still here. My man. Congrats, man. So, man. don't fuck up, because it's special to me. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure to make this show good. Right, right. On Arthur's 20th anniversary. Right. <laughs> Could have told us that after the show. <laughs> nah, you're, nah. you're saying if we do make a mistake, you might relapse. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no pressure. pressure. No pressure right. at all. <laughs> Welcome to the B-Side, Scoop, Isaac, Jahan, Arthur, the music snobs. This is the Music Snobs Podcast. My name is Arthur, your lead voice, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Scoop, Isaac, and Jahan. 2016 is a wrap, and the four of us are here and healthy after one of the more challenging years in recent memory. We're going to do a different take on our year-end show by looking at where we think we are musically during this time of social and political transitions. And I'd like to start by noting a real bookender event. Uh, Chuck Berry, who celebrated his 90th birthday this past October, announced a new album for 2017 after 38 years. Somewhere D'Angelo was like, see? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I think this is a good place to start because um, while, while Chuck Berry arguably created the first rock and roll record in 1955 with Maybelline, uh, really, if you, if you called rock and roll by any other name, it would be Chuck Berry, who, along with Little Richard, chiefly Little Richard, created this new sound that was very popular with the Caucasian community and gave us the template of what a rock star is that, that's led us up to uh, all the way through to today. And because of this, race was brought to the epicenter of what has since become the bedrock of all popular music. Mm-hmm. In America, America does what America always does. It just took it. It was interesting that you said that um, if you took the term rock and roll and, you know, gave another name, it would be Chuck Berry. But it's interesting how they just the name, the label of rock and roll from what it actually was. You know, the, the mixture of the blues and rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but we own that so they had to relabel it in order to own it so it's not that chuck berry or richard uh little richard invented rock and roll as much as they did perfect r&b in a way taking the 12 bar blues exactly you know increasing the tempo right so and that's what's interesting to me especially in the role of racing you know if we're going to have discussion if you're starting the discussion there you have to talk about the theft of the music that we created and like you said they've co-opted to own and themselves just by even labeling it and the fact that now the quote-unquote music hall of fame mm-hmm. is called the rock and roll hall of fame mm-hmm. and ironically chuck berry was the first honoree into the rock and roll hall of fame he should have been you know a <laughs> lot of our episodes uh i mean nearly nearly every one of our previous 40 episodes has had some aspect of race at its core Mm-hmm. And we've talked about artists and their responsibilities uh, to community. Um, 2016, we've seen some of those artists in non-traditional roles of statement making and you know sometimes overt statements of protest. So I think headline-wise for 2016, it was Beyonce's Super Bowl performance of Formation that kicked it off, uh, and then followed by the release of her Lemonade visual album a couple months later. I didn't really see it this way, but the album was cast as a protest album in several articles, and she was near demonized in the press uh, for the formation routine. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, but that's, once again, it goes to the polarization of music and how it's accepted here in America, especially by white America. You know, in white America's eyes, you know, Beyonce is theirs to a certain degree. They look at it as black, but she's not black. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, like there's a safe black, and Beyonce is kind of like that. Oh, she's not black. More, she's more than, more than, like Pino in mm-hmm. uh, "Do the Right Thing," 
Gay Prince, Michael, exactly. right. Eddie Murphy, they're more than black. Ex- yep, exactly, exactly. And that, and that's kind of where she's in the lane. But you're, you're right, Beyonce is, is, is kind of where it's reached a point. But, you know, if we really think about it, you just said D'Angelo. You know, if you think about Black Messiah, that was, you mm-hmm. know, subliminally his whole thing. In the interview, he said, this is the reason I did this for the same purpose. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of dealing and seeing this, and this is what spawned me to put this out. The racism that's going on, the treatment of black folks. It, you know, we talked about Kendrick. Kendrick was very upfront. You know, Beyonce is getting credit, as subliminal as it is, but this has kind of been brewing and going on for a long time. Was being more up, artists are being more upfront about dealing with the the, the social issues and, and where race plays in this. Yeah, you said, uh, Arthur. You said that Beyonce got a lot of heat in the press. I don't remember. I remember her, her getting some heat, but I remember that that black the salute to the black panthers um and the gear that she was wearing that went over a lot of people's heads and i remember everybody especially white women were very much on board with her after that performance they were like you know you know i think the famous thing or the thing i keep hearing you know beyonce slays and she's this and she's queen you know like scoop says she's celebrity black you know they love beyonce so in her and it was even though that performance was, you know, I would say probably over the last couple of years, she's really, you know, tapped into her Southern roots in a way that she hadn't before. I think the way she tapped into it before was from a music or from a, um, a cultural standpoint. Now it's more so those two things, but also from a Black Pride standpoint. That line that, you know, she said in that one song, you know, what she called the, the good hair, like... Becky with the good hair. Becky with the good hair or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. She's in a weird place because she gets the acceptance. And I think she's at the point now where they will almost overlook some things where they won't they won't mention they won't mention that line. Mm-hmm. But they'll say they'll say, yeah, you know, Beyonce is doing this and, you know, she's standing right. up and they've kind of co-opted her for feminism. You know, they said she's standing up for women. And, yeah, she's talking about some black stuff. But, you know, she's she's, uh, you know, she's standing up for women. White women are really, really behind her right now. Mm-hmm. Now, if she comes out and says something, you know, overtly, if she comes out on some Kendrick stuff, then, yeah, I could see her getting a, getting a lot of heat. But right now, I think she's celebrity black. Um, they look at her as woman first, black second. Um, and they've chosen they've chosen to accept her in the, you know, in that tribe right now. Mm-hmm. I don't recall anybody actually disowning her. I don't think. Any of the heat she got was from people who were actually her fans in the first place. Right. You know, it's interesting that jazz and hip hop traditionally have been the vehicle or the better vehicle for music that can change people's thinking. And now it, it's albums like Lemonade and, and even Beyonce's sister Solange. Yeah, that's what I was about to mention. Yeah, with, with her album A Seat at the Table. It's, beca- it's like they've become, uh, it's like they're, they're the best we're going to get, right, as statement makers. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I that I don't think that Solange made a good album. I think she made a great album. Mm-hmm. I, I I do like the album. Can I ask you, Arthur, just to define what you mean when you say changed people's thinking? Do you mean the fan base or do you mean artists mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. say, right, I've previously just recorded albums about love and about fashion and style and how great I am. Now I'm going to start recording music about how to uplift my people. What do you mean by changing the way people think? Well, well, both and. I mean, I feel that art generally can be a reflection of the current times, but it can also serve uh, it can also serve as a compass to show the direction that, that that the population needs to be headed in. So, so it's like when a big artist like Beyonce, right, or even an up and coming artist with great potential, like like in the case of Kendrick, when they do an album that can push the music forward, you know, I feel like it can make a lane or or even or provide cover for other artists to follow. So in some cases, it'll, that gives them the room to do something really adventurous and, and say something in the music of real value. Mm-hmm. So, so we're talking about Solange. So um, I remember when Killer Mike defended Beyonce's formation, the Super Bowl performance, when, um, when Killer Mike appeared on Real Time with Bill Maher um, back in February. At one point, he, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but at one point he says... He says, white folks, it's not always about you. Right. You know, Beyonce's talking to other black folks, and that, that's not even your conversation. And so I think that A Seat at the Table is an example of an album that's made under that umbrella of, you know, it's not about you. And, and that's not a bad thing. 
Mm-hmm. I just really hope that it can help move the needle to develop the audience as listeners. Right. I think what you're getting at is that we've seen this happen before and it's not mm-hmm. happening now. Yeah. Right. So we look at two decades ago. Uh, let's go to 1988. All right. And it happened there. Where, and I'll use BDP and Public Enemy where they created a climate. And we were expecting the same type of response because after they made created that climate to speak about and much music like i said under the umbrella that white folks isn't this isn't for you this isn't about you this is about us other groups came after that the x clans the the, the brand nubians you know you you just started hearing there was a comfort level and artists felt comfortable about speaking about this because a platform was laid down for them to do and but, but the difference but, but, was then is that you didn't see it in r&b right you didn't see it but at least you saw other people like going at it that way and what you're seeing now is that okay Kendrick laid down a foundation that we thought would make them feel comfortable in doing it and you're not seeing the same response right. that's exactly what you're right. saying right okay because we've seen response. it before and we've seen it we saw it back in the day with exactly. R&B before Marvin, that it's almost like Kendrick and Tony Starr and Curtis Mayfield right. right no it's not a bad thing but what Curtis Mayfield exactly. did something and all of a sudden everybody else started to kind of follow that and you saw a, you saw it resonate beyond just that one artist doing it and what you're saying is that one we definitely aren't seeing it in hip hop right and the only two other acts from mainstream R&B we're seeing it at is a sister act between Solange and Beyonce and it hasn't gone any further from that mm-hmm. and we since we've seen it before are expecting hey the groundwork's been laid there's a comfort level where you should be able to go out and speak and they're not doing it so I think Hip-hop has always had an edge on R&B as far as activism, in my opinion. Right. Because you can express a level of rage in hip-hop that you can't do singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you know, it, even when you look at this, just the number of words you can spit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How many words but can you fit in the song? But hip-hop is built on anti-establishment. Right, but right. just... It's punk, basically, right? In that way. Yeah, yeah but just even structurally. Exactly. You know John. what I'm saying? And the number of the, the story you can tell in a song, as you know, what's going on is the greatest album of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. But is activist, you know, as activist heavy as that song was, as socially or album was, socially relevant. It takes a nation of millions, you know, if I got to put on a soundtrack for a revolution, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's just that level of oomph in there that you can't really get from an R&B. Vocally and musically. Vocally and musically. It's so much harder musically. Yeah, yeah. And revolution, you know, I don't care how much peace and love we want to talk about. Revolution involves a lot of pain and and violence. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's be real about it. So... The line that, you know, that 1988 was the last time I saw musically where black folks and brown folks cast off what I I look at as one of the greatest, you know, we've been bamboozled and hoodwinked on a lot of stuff over the last, you know, several centuries in this country. One of the biggest things that we've been convinced of, and I've never seen this onus put on any other group, you know, correct me if I'm wrong in history, where we have to, in order to get free, we got to convince the oppressor you know, we have to tr- change their way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Jewish folk ever, you know, said, you know what, we need to change everybody's way of thinking before we try to get free. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been work, you know, within the Jewish community to do that, but I'm saying that wasn't a um, agenda item. That wasn't an agenda item or a uh, what's the word I'm thinking prerequisite mm-hmm. for us to getting free. Mm-hmm. For some reason, uh, in many parts of our history, we've had that idea of, you know, we need to have a dialogue. You know, you hear Obama saying that a lot. It makes me vomit every time he says mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. We need to have a dialogue. We need to talk about this. We need F all that. While children are dying, while people can't eat, while people are getting sent to jail, all these things going on, while people are getting shot by the cops, there's going to come a point. It's going to happen. And it's probably going to be led by these soldiers in the street who really are marginalized to the point where they don't care anyway. They're going to be ones that step say, you know what? Bump the dialogue. We're dying out here. You know what I'm saying? We have to get free. In 88, when those when that music was was really at the pinnacle, that music hit so hard because it was like, man, with Chuck and with, with KRS-One and, and, and the, even the female MCs, you know what I'm saying? Everybody was on this point. was like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're saying. With Solange's album, on a much lower scale, but mm-hmm. on her album, mm-hmm. it is. There is that feeling of, don't touch my hair. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there is that feeling of, like you guys said, this is for us. This is about us. So, you know, I hear to me, like like Jahan just said a minute ago, there's this level. It, to me, the question is, how do you become an activist or how do you um, live activist lifestyle in an age of corporate activism, in an age where activism is? I mean, we're so detached and so removed from activism and real activism. You know what I'm saying? We're so 
I'm gonna catch hate for this, but I'm, I don't think at any period in our history of black folks, and I don't know about maybe brown folks too, but black folks definitely have been so docile. You know what I'm saying? We are, we are committed to, we want to be activists, but only if it doesn't cost us money. Absolutely. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Only if it, only if it doesn't disrupt, only if it doesn't make my white neighbors mad. You know what I'm saying? If they get uncomfortable, hey, we need to have a dialogue. We need to talk about this. There are now there's exceptions, obviously, you know what I'm saying? And, but there's members of the Black Lives Matters mo- movement who who be, who definitely are moving ahead Absolutely. and saying, look, this is what we're about. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. But there are other members of that same movement who are still on that. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure everybody's mm-hmm. comfortable mm-hmm. with this, blah, blah, blah. Real activism and music real revolution revolution building revolution making let's let's throw out the word activism real revolutionaries whether we're talking musicians or whatever else they are about doing what they're going to do you know it's about getting free it's about saving lives they don't ask for permission they don't ask for permission and that's what i feel that we are lost in this this place um young people people uh, uh middle age whatever the older generation they remember what it was like when you know you couldn't go into a certain restaurant or you were getting your ass beat or you were getting lynched mm-hmm. and that that was like yo bump all the dialogue we got to do something the gener- generation later, we haven't experienced that you know what i'm saying and what we've experienced is how can we be more like them in other words how can we make that money how can we do this hip-hop went through that phase it's all about the money you know what i'm saying it's cash rules it's, it's all about that that had an effect on us to where it's like yo We'll speak out on Trayvon because Trayvon hit the mainstream and it was like, yo, it's okay to say something about this now. When mm-hmm. Oscar Grant got murdered, mm-hmm. nobody said boo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that wasn't, it, it wasn't approved. We couldn't say that without mm-hmm. losing money. Money is so important in this discussion because can you legitimately be an activist, musical or otherwise, while taking of participating, benefiting from the corporate structure? particularly when corporations use artists like they've never used before and basically get the artists to lend the corporations their personality and their image. I think it takes, you know, from a musical standpoint and from just a life standpoint, it takes a lot to go, you know, first of all, it takes like that admittance to say, you know what, we're all part of this. You can't live in America and make money in America without being part of this corrupt, racist, patriarchal, you know system that's been around for for so long for all these centuries you have to admit that first and that way it gets you yo it's out it's out on the table it's, uh, you know i'm not coming from some righteous place where it's like nah i'm not we're all a part of that the minute you pay the minute you pay taxes you're a part of that you know but to Jahan's point corporations which basically in america and in the western world period and in, in europe too are viewed as individuals almost now. You know what I'm saying? It's like a brand is like a human being almost, you know, when it's like, nah, it's not a human being, it's a corporation. And if Coca-Cola was going to get with Kendrick or whatever today, you would see it on Twitter, it'd be somewhere, you know, uh, Kendrick is teaming up, or part, these are the terms they use. It's, it's, it's hilarious, man. Teaming up and partnering with Coca-Cola and, you know, we're going to do this and have this rally and blah, blah, blah. Completely ignoring the fact that Coca-Cola or McDonald's or whatever is poisoning our communities. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's that's you know beside that's okay. the point. That's that's beside the point. No, look at what we're partnering with them to do this other thing. Mm-hmm. And we've accepted that. And I think that it's not sometimes it's not even out of ignorance. It's like, yo, and this is this is the phrase you hear you hear all the time in the black community and definitely um this year, uh it's the lesser of two evils. That's the mm-hmm. that's the phrase we, you know, black folks will bring up all the time with mm-hmm. uh, uh Hillary and Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, choose between sociopath one and sociopath the devil you know two. And the devil you don't know. Well, why are you gonna vote for either? Well, I'm gonna choose the lesser between two of you. Mm-hmm. We still in evil, but we're gonna do this because that's the way we gotta move forward. Listen, this the way things are going right now, and some people are already speaking to this, again, things are gonna get to the point where that's not gonna become an option anymore. And the music is going to be probably going to prelude that. Hopefully, hip hop, right? hip hop will prelude that like it did before. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying before shit blew up. Before hip hop will probably speak to that. But it's going to become a point where these, especially like I said, these young soldiers in the street, they mm-hmm. they already marginalized. You know, what I'm saying they are they live outside of all this shit. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying and they're going to get to a point where it's like, yo, man, f that, and boom, so boom. So my question is: it, Are they ever going to get a soundtrack? That, you know what I think now was I think what's going to happen is mainstream I don't know mainstream I don't know but 
one thing about the age that we live in from a musical standpoint, we can go right now and start and start finding some of these songs. Yeah. Artists. Right. But from a mainstream standpoint, mm-hmm. I don't know. The Solange thing is interesting to me because I think it's her first. I think that album mm-hmm. went number one. I think it was her first number one, whatever. It's interesting to me because to you guys' point, is that going to be a entry point into something even more so? You know, whether it's R&B or hip hop, you know, I don't know, because the Kendrick thing, you know, it kind of blew my mind where. Um, even though I said on the Kendrick show, you know, I didn't have as much, I wasn't blown away from it, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, socially like you guys were, but from a a political standpoint, but I I thought a lot of younger kids would jump on that, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And it seems like it almost went over their heads, you know, a lot of younger kids. But that's what I I said on the show is that people aren't going to get it because it takes too much work to listen to it, you know. Because you know what? You're going from Lil Wayne, no disrespect Lil Wayne, from Lil Wayne to Kendrick, you know what I'm saying? It was like to go from that to that for a lot of these kids, it was it was too big of a leap. Mm-hmm. Whereas in '88, you know what I'm saying, we had that, you know, we, we was in, was like, enmeshed in. They were they were all right, but right, right. To be fair, even in '88, how many cats were just listening to Brand New Beard and Public Enemy, X Clan, The Coop? How many kids were just listening to that? How many kids were listening to them and also listening to you know some more ignorant whatever but stuff? You, but you know what, Jay? It was a sense of even with all, we had so much choice back then that there was, and it was almost a through line. You know what I'm saying? Even with Digital Underground when he was doing Humpty, then they do a different song that was kind of them castles from Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was a different type. There was a through line, whereas now we we went so long without any activism in yes. hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and music hip-hop. in general. Yeah, we went so long to all of a sudden to go from nothing to Pimp a Butterfly. It was like these kids that couldn't. A lot of them just could not make that leap. Some of them did. Our kids did. You know what I'm saying? But right. a lot of them just didn't. Can make I, I want to ask a question. You know, and I, I guess I'll throw it out to everybody. I want to ask a question. Is basically, is there ever going to be a time in music where they, and you know what I mean when I say they, when they sell out to us, we're always selling out to them. <laughs> I've never seen them sell out to us or cross over to us. You know what I'm saying? We're always selling, we're always crossing over to their, you know what I'm saying? In order to get that mainstream artist, we're always musically crossing over. Well, we talked about this. You talking about like, uh, what's the name, like Robin Thicke or something like that? Whatever, just Andy, just as I was going to say, yeah. I, thought, I figured Justin was their best attempt. Is it? Is he? But is that a attempt to like cross over to us? But and that's just talked, one artist, you know? But we talked about this and it was like, I think your point when we talked about it before was that, yeah, they can do that because they right. can do it momentarily, get the money and then go back. True. Yeah. So I mean, when you're when you're in power, you don't have to you don't have to do that. Right, you don't <laughs> you have to cross saying? over. Yeah, you ain't got to. Someone that we have not mentioned from the seventies uh, and eighties, Fela Kuti. Mm-hmm. He never made a song or an album or a tour that wasn't about political activism. Now you know, fair enough. He suffered physically, emotionally, mentally at the hands of the government and the and the police force. His mother was killed by the police force so yeah some shit like that happens you're going to dedicate the rest of your life to talking about it but the point being is Mm -hmm. that's all he was he was a political artist my question is so much terrible stuff is happening right now and it's it's okay to talk about it in 2016 17 and so forth i'm wondering how many of the mainstream artists are fitting the time right now but later on will you know will wear a different coat well, I, I I think they're already looking down the road and looking at that. I think Beyonce is definitely looking at it. She's she's only gonna go so far because she knows that look, my next album, you know, mm-hmm. I may want to do X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z, so I don't need to be wearing this coat when I do that. And and I'm not, you know what? To, in all fairness, that I'm not saying Beyonce is being fake. That's maybe that's how she really is. You know what I'm saying? But it was there's also a sense of business to Jahan's point in there. Was like, yo, I don't want to go too far in this. Because I, I may want to take this coat off. And for an R&B singer, I think it's easier. I think for you know a, a rapper, it's a little bit more difficult, again, because like with Kendrick, and it's a little bit more allowable for Kendrick to say certain things. Hip-hop has that, you know, for lack of a better term, edge to it. So it's like, yeah, you can say certain things. Yeah, yeah we don't want to hear Beyonce say, you know, X, Y, and Z. We don't want to hear you know her say that. Solange, on the other point, Solange already... She already is, she's not fringe fringe, but she's somewhat on the fringe. Compared to her sister, she's definitely fringe. So it's like, yeah. she really ain't got to worry about it because she knows she's not, True. she's never going to be Beyonce. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like, she don't want to be. 
Right, and she doesn't well, want to be. And so plus, it's like, and plus, she's got that she's got that credibility for 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 kicking Jay Z in the elevator. In <laughs> no, not, not to, only not, not to only, humorize it, but I mean for real. Not only doing that for well, not dis- destroying her career. Or, right. Nobody's brought that up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like you the first person I heard talk about that. And I don't know how long. So it's like, yo, that credit to their whole family. There's some Corleone shit. They swiped mm-hmm. that under the rug, and mm-hmm. nobody's Keep ever spoken moving, about right. it. Right. Making making a good point. Now, where's his where's his responsibility in this? Who? Jay Z. Now, as we're saying, like hip hop has the platform for somebody to deal with this revolution up front and not have to ask for an apology. And we're talking about Beyonce stepping out and making a statement, Salon stepping out and making a statement, you know, musically. Now, the triangle in this thing is Jay Z, where he and has an open platform. Does he does he have a responsibility to do something? Since I think he has done. a responsibility, but I don't see it being respon- I don't see the I don't see him being musically responsible. Okay. I mean, in a sense, he's aged out. Dog, did I you mean, listen he's to like this- He's trying to survive. Well, while I personally believe that raising self awareness is more powerful than anything, even monetary contributions. And setting aside the fact that they probably give a lot of money behind the scenes to charity and support causes like Black Lives Matter, etc. directly, setting that aside and just playing devil's advocate, could they argue that their success and the amount of people they employ, the amount of jobs in the community they create, given that they're now an industry, is that itself a very powerful brand of activism? You know, they hire hundreds of people. And while that's not raising awareness, that is job creation. That's tangible help. Could they not could they not say that, well, you know, our brand of activism is actually more effective? Now to me awareness is everything. But do you not think they'd have an argument? Yeah, but I think I, I think they can make a strong argument. They can't say it's more. Yeah, that's I think I think once you try to trump and say that, that's when you lose the argument. You can say this is how we're contributing to this. You, mm-hmm. you, they can't make the argument that it's more. I think that's a fair argument. If they brought that to the table, you'd have to honor that. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's I agree, necessary. Hence, devil's advocate. That's trickle down revolution. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, and as opposed to '88, and you know, prior to that, where it was grassroots revolution. I can't think of any time in history where revolution has worked like that or free or I, I can't think of any time where people got free by trickle down freedom. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't. It's always because it never trickles. Yeah, it's always <laughs> grassroots. It's always the poorest of the poor who rise up and then, you know, something happens. But at least it's there, though. And I think, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and if you're specific, it has to be acknowledged, for, I think. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they're doing I mean, I, I give Jay and, and Beyonce and everyone else credit where credit is due as far as establishing their own but for us to think that again this falls under how do we again the auspice of being more like them you know we've been we we follow this dream of how do we get to where they're at well where they're at is you know to be a part of that means to be standing on top of somebody else to have your neck on your foot on somebody else's neck because that's where they at you know what i'm saying so to be a part of that you know to join that 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 echelon that shouldn't be our, our goal. Do you think that's the reason it's not being done in mass? Like musically, you don't see a plethora of artists like really dealing with the issue of revolution or dealing with the issue of race because they're afraid to a certain degree. You know, they don't want to step on other people's necks. They don't want to harm anybody. They don't, they want approval before they do it. Do you, you know, I mean, we're speaking about it, but I want to know why we think it's not being done on a mass level. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. First of all, again, I, I take it back to how you were raised culturally, and I just think that, you know, this generation was raised, again, in a culture without activism. So this onus of saying, hey, you got to speak out against this, they looking around like, what? I don't, you know, I'm just trying to get paid. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I love everybody. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is, remember, man, we only, what, eight years out of uh, the press saying it was post-racism. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that wasn't that long ago when they declared that. And then brothers started getting shot in the street well I'm, i shouldn't say start it started right. getting posted online you know brothers mm-hmm. getting killed and then that post racism stuff went away but to answer your question yeah i think that there's just we don't have a we don't have a playbook man. these kids they don't have a playbook they don't have any examples you know they're ignorant of their own history you know what i'm saying it's like so how do you if i go to these cats and start talking about you know 70s revolutionaries outside of the big ones that they are that they hear about and start talking about boom 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 these the ones that they haven't heard about I don't know what the hell they what who 
you know, I've never heard of these people, you know, so there's no blueprint there for them. So again, the blueprint that's there for us right now is how do we join corporate America? How do we become rich? You know, how do we do as long as economics is the key to freedom, then we're not going to be free. But doesn't that give somebody like we were speaking like on the Jay-Z situation where you're dealing with capitalism as your platform? Doesn't that give you power because you can at least gain, you can at least start a revolution because it is capital involved in it? Well, revolutions have to be paid for, but at the same time, gaining individual wealth is never going to help us. Because look at, uh, what's the tennis player that got ran up on by the cops in New York? James Blake. James Blake. You know what I'm saying? This is a man established. And he's not, you know, it's happened to how many, you know, what I, there's always that reminder. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, no matter where you get to, it's always that reminder. Like, yeah, you got to here, but here's where your people are. And so mm-hmm. here's how we view you all. Um, so yeah, I give credit to you know the the capitalists and the people because you got to make money. You know, it's a part of being in this culture. You got to make money. So I give credit to to the people who are starting their own business, the black folks and the, and, and the Latinos who are saying, look, we want to own something. Blah blah blah. That's you know that's great. But when we look at this from a big picture and say, okay, well why are more people following their example? Why aren't they doing this? Why? Because they're looking at that they're looking at that money and saying, if I step too far over here, it's going to cost me money. You know, and that's that's not good. Yeah, bro, that's so true. It's crazy because you can see that we are crying out for these people to speak up, do something, or voice an opinion. But the craziest thing to me is that when they do voice a little bit of an opinion or do like an Instagram post where they write something that's in the littlest way political, like these crumbs are applauded as something so huge. And I think that goes to show just how starved we are for it. A message and an idea is always going to be more powerful than money. You can't, because you know the common saying, you can't kill an idea. You can't kill a message. You, know, you can kill a man. You can take yeah, away money. You can't kill an idea, a message, or an emotion. You know that backs a movement. So, and, and one thing before you go on, Arthur, real quick, that we have to acknowledge is that a dope beat or good music, whatever, that cancels everything out. Yeah. Like so and so could come out with the most radical offensive to you know the mainstream type song if it's if that's like the hottest track anybody's <laughs> ever banger. heard yep. if it's, it's a banger, banger. Yep. that changes the whole conversation i forgot who is who said it uh the famous quote about nothing changes your life like a hit song well nothing changes everything like it hits, it's like boom it drops everything's changed so you look at 88 you know it's almost like we're doing an 88 show we, we talked about it before but if you look at 88 <laughs> And you look at, you know, just Nation, I'll just bring that up because that's the album I know the best. If, you know, if uh, uh, Black Steel and Hour of Chaos, if that beat was whack, we wouldn't be talking about, you know what I'm saying? It was for like sure, that. Sure, it was so sure. far beyond thinking musically mm-hmm. that it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And so if that happens in 2016 or 2017 and, you know, Beyonce or whoever, whatever mainstream person comes out and they say some stuff that has, you know, the mainstream, uh, both. Uh, conservative or liberal white people and conservative and liberal uh, black people you know shaking their heads and feeling very uncomfortable it doesn't matter if it's the song to end all songs Mm -hmm. it will change everything when what's going on came out the single you know the media if you listen to the lyrics it's like dude you can't talk you know who cares about this stuff you know you the love man Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be singing about love But the song was just so beyond, you know, so crazy. It was like it just, it okay, it changed everything. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I think especially on this show, we can't, we have to acknowledge the fact that the power of music, you know, the power of art anyway, because it could be a music, it could be a movie, it could be a book, whatever. As long as it's like brilliant genius, it will, you know, people just that that will change the way people think, because they'll be forced to listen. And this is what I don't get, and this is why I've been so hard on these cats in previous episodes. If you're Jay Z. In 2017, you're bomb-proof financially. Like, how many hundreds of millions of dollars do you think you're going to lose from your bank account? Where is the risk in speaking up? Right. Okay, so maybe the clubs don't bump your album. Right. Maybe Coca-Cola doesn't sponsor you. Maybe the Barclays Center won't host your latest gig. All the money you got, you can afford to take that risk. Who cares? I, th- I think I think that's a great. That it's, I don't think that it's Jay Z's album to. But you know, hold on. Do this, but I you know, before Jay-Z's you even go there, look at. For so I mean, I'm not singling him out. I'm just, well, I am singling him out. But I'm saying he's using him, him, him and well, even the example though. I mean, you know, 
I mean, we're waxing poetic upon, uh, you know, Jay-Z and P.E. And, and this and this. It's not them, you know. It's their offspring. It's their backing. It's their endorsement. It's their... Okay, so let's let's let's, let's look at that. Let's use that as an example. Let's say Jay, because we, we are singling out Jay and using him as an example are, because of the position he's in. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? So, Puffy. Puffy, okay, whoever. Jay, Puffy, whoever. Let's say it's not them dropping an album. Let's say it's them supporting something or mm-hmm. putting some, another artist Creating out there. Creating a lane. To John's point, like John said, well, what do they have to lose? You know, for me, man, it's like I, I'm not a, a, a multimillionaire, so I'm only guessing at um, what goes on in their head. But it's almost a, a form of psychosis where it's like mm-hmm. it's like my man in a, a Wall Street, the sequel to Wall Street said, and the guy asked him, what is your number? You know, what would you be happy with? And he said more. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. summed up the, the, this, the greed that comes even to good people. You know what I'm saying? The people probably who never thought they would think that way. Once you get in that position of power and influence, you do you will do anything not to lose it. So it's like, yeah, Jay could do X, Y, and Z, or Puffy could do the X, Y, and Z, piss everybody off and lose access to his corporate, you know, friends and the circles he runs in. Mm-hmm. He'd still be sitting on, you know, 30, 40 million. But something about that, I don't yeah, I don't want to say psychosis, but for lack of a better term, something about that psychosis that comes with money. It's like they they don't want to lose it, and it's interesting like what Jahan said because as people who don't have that type of money, I think we sit here and we wonder about it. But I don't know, man. From all these examples that I've seen, not just with black people, I'm talking about white people, every every color, every um every race and nationality. Once they get there, it's like I will do anything <laughs> to hold on to this and to add to it, you know. And it's like better not win the lottery, bro. <laughs> right. It's, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's interesting because speaking from a musical sense, not that I expected this cat to get political, but the latest example of trying to hold on to where you're at and stay relevant. I tried to listen to Usher's album. The album he just came out with, I think about a month ago, and I can only make it through like four or five songs because it was so. And not to say, you know, it, to be fair, it wasn't that the music was terrible. It was just that I could feel him trying to remain relevant so mm-hmm. hard, mm-hmm. you know, that it was like. I can't really I, I felt like Jahan for a minute it's like I couldn't even you know I put you know I can't remember one of the thousands of things that Jay says when he doesn't like some music but it's like <laughs> those thoughts came in my head like I can't even respect you right now right, right. because of you know where you and again I don't expect Usher to get you know uh, super political Yeah. but I expect him to do something to reflect where he's at as a he's gotta be damn near 40 by now yeah. you know it's like where you know this this is where you at you in the club you know trying to get a honey right like, dude come on now right right and uh, you know what? I think that may be one of the reasons that Solange's album had got was received so well because, Absolutely. regardless of how you felt about it, it was an, it was a reflection of because R and B at its core is a, a reflection black of black people, right? You know what I'm saying in America, you know, all over, but essentially yeah, in, in America. Substance and philosophy is definitely right. And yeah. so this is an album that reflected to you guys' point us, and that was it was heartwarming to see it be well so well received because you saw oh people black people are still hungry for this mm-hmm. you know and they haven't seen it in so long mm-hmm. that they grabbed at it you know and it was like okay so there is still that want for this so let's see what happens now you know on a wide level too because it's one thing to get the twitter sphere uh, excited because ultimately that's a small group of people but to get to the number one uh, you know number one on itunes that's that means it's sold across yeah. across markets, right? Yeah, yeah. But does Usher? I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to use the word responsibility, but is is the reason he didn't do anything to tap in anything from a societal issue on here because he was afraid? Do you I, think? I, if I or do you to, think that's just not in him? Yeah. If I had to guess, I would just say it's not necessarily. Well, he's his never thing. exhibited anything. Yeah. It's no. I, I don't think it's okay. his thing. So. But I think I was speaking more. So I'm just saying. But I'm, I'm thinking. But the times of like you know the climate is that you know it. And you can't look around. He can't look. Up, no artist can look around and say you know I'm not. I'm gonna choose not to speak to this. Yeah. I'm gonna choose not to write about this. I if was not. You now, know what? When are you gonna do it? Yeah, I was looking for Usher because Usher, man, if you look at his past albums, that was R&B black. You know, there was strong R&B. So it's like back to back, right? I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, how great would it be to hear that from Usher? You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You know, instead of him trying so hard, because again, I'm not, you know, I can't even, to be honest, I can't even remember how the music sounded on that album because I was just (laughs) immediately so taken out of of, of context. It wasn't any mate. (laughs) Right, so it's like <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm not trying to dog the album because it may, have been, you know, it might have been hot tracks. I don't know, but 
it was just so it was so desperate you know what i'm saying mm. it, it just felt desperate to me it was mm. like yo i've, I've I, you know even though terrestrial radio really isn't a thing anymore it felt like i've got to get on the radio you know and these mm. kids have got to you know i want the kids to know you know right. he probably got kids <laughs> you know that right. age by now where's our girl in all this erica certainly capable absolutely yeah but where she she, she she's be, definitely but she may have i mean you know i don't know is she in that mind state now because she may be like yo these cats ain't real they ain't really about you know really doing this so i'm mm-hmm. not gonna add my voice or she may have said it i mean she's she she's done it before yeah her previous albums have have melded activism with spirituality and and, and different things but she yeah she's she's definitely someone who has done it could do it again you know i'm sure would do it certainly um philosophically and ideologically i very much doubt that she would have lost the feelings that inspired her first three or four records Arthur, let me ask you a question should race be a part of music mm. okay here's i think here's race, what I'm because i'm using the uh, analogy that they always say that race has no place in sports you know what i'm saying because it's supposed to be a universal playing field everything yeah, I wonder who came up with that right you know but that's what that that's what's always said it's, I say it's an interesting dichotomy between sport and music because music is art. There are artistic elements about sport. You know, you and I both have written about it, especially about basketball. But by and large, you know, art, you can't really put a muzzle on art. You can for certain artists, but as a whole, art is always going to speak about its, you know, its creators are always going to speak about their lives or their culture experience so their experiences and in the western world race and racism you know is a part of everything you know it plays a part in everything so you can't it has it's almost not like should music be a part or should race be a part of music it it, it is it just it doesn't have to be it, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be but you can't you can take all those words out it just is mm-hmm. you know because it's art oh, is a it form is of, by the nature just yeah art is a form of expression yeah, so but it is just it's by more the fact of who, who you make music for yeah but the reason i say it's an interesting dichotomy because it's easier to muzzle it in sports you know what i'm saying because sports sport is not as expressive you know what i'm saying you know again basketball um Global, global football. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying there's elements of expression in those things, especially that's what we, um, what people of color added to those sports. Mm-hmm. There was that we always have this need to express. You know, what I'm saying whether you're talking about black people, Latino people, Indian, whatever. There's that need to express, and so we picked up a ball. We figured out a way. How can I express myself through this right. through this sport? Right, of course. And we did it. But you're right. It's it's just easier to muzzle it in sport, especially because when you talk about team sport, mm-hmm. you know, but. Art is, you know, you really can't muzzle it, you know, the way you can. I really agree with Isaac's expression example. Um, I think that race has an inherent connection to expression in music, but really it's because we sometimes confuse race with culture. I heard you saying. So, for example, hip hop culture includes people of various, you know, racial makeup. Right. So, even though you're not of the race of people who created the music, as long as you respect the culture, you'll, for the most part, you'll be all right with us. It's just when co-opting the music for personal advantage comes into play that we begin to have a problem. So, like, take a producer like Max Martin, who's from Sweden, and he works with a lot of white artists. He's worked with Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Justin Timberlake, Britney, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of his production benefits from a black sound, and he's successful at it. Now, conversely, you take a producer like Nicolay, a Dutch cat, same neck of the woods as Martin. Mm-hmm. And he's the co-founder of the Foreign Exchange with Fonte, as many of our listeners know. So a lot of Nicolay's production benefits from a black sound. And he's successful, but not at the level of, of, of Max Martin. But the way I see it, Nicolay is more authentic about his approach to the culture just based on the presentation of his music. Yeah, bro, nothing nothing Nicolay does is inauthentic. That's one of my internet friends from way back. Everything he does is for the love of the culture. He's the real deal. But does that and here's a does that make Max Martin racist? No, well, it doesn't make <laughs> it doesn't make him a racist, but it makes him an opportunist. Okay. You know what? I have a good a really good example of a song that's a recent song that I feel it's, it gets it gets it's almost like they're trying to make it the soundtrack of what's going on now but it's such a to me uh inauthentic and dishonest song 
and I know I'm gonna get some hate behind this, but it's that Audra, I think her name is Audra McDonald, that All We Need Is Hope song. Oh, I haven't heard it. You, you, well, you probably heard it and probably immediately dismissed it from Jahan mind. <laughs> it probably didn't even make it past your earlobe, but um, you know what song I'm talking about, right, Arthur? No. I'm sure I've heard it, but... I'm not, I'm not angry at the artist, and I'm frantically trying to find the exact name of this song and the, the exact artist, because I know I'm messing this up. Have you found it, have you found it, Arthur? Mm-mm. I'm not looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it. Hold on, hold on, I'll find it. <laughs> all, we, all we need is what hope? It was, it was so funny because the casual way he said it to... Uh-uh. Okay, hang on, hang on. I mean, everybody has basically done the but that's We're Gonna Be Okay song. Right. You know, but I'm getting at, you know, who are you angry at? The artist for doing the song? Are you angry that yeah. it became popular? So, so hang on. Is it this lady, Andra Day, Rise Up? Andra Rise Day. Up. That's it. I'm and, saying Andra McDonald. So wait, hang on. Where does she actually... So where's lambasting this poor woman? Does she actually say this shit? <laughs> yeah, here's... Let me... Here's, uh, here's the lyrics. And for... Let's correct this so we don't... It's not... I don't know where the hell I got Andra McDonald. It's not Andra. It's Andra Day. And part of, you know, the chorus is rise up, rise up. But I think it's in the bridge when she says, all we need is hope. All we need is hope. And that's, to me, that resonated more than anything else she said in that song. Because right. to me, it's, it's, it's a fantasy, you know. And, and I'm not, to answer Scoop's question, I'm not mad at the artist per se. I'm not mad at, at, at anything. I think what, what I'm trying to say is that this is an accurate reflection of where we are musically in 2016 when you look at this song what it's saying how it's been co-opted by the media or by by uh, corporate america and then also how it's been uplifted as almost they are trying to make this the soundtrack for black lives matter i don't think black lives matter is you know taking it on and say yeah this is us but i'm saying this whole movement and this um the zeitgeist of where we are right now they've tried to make this the you know that the soundtrack to that to your earlier question of where's the soundtrack and I think maybe, you know, from a, from a positive standpoint, maybe because it's so fantastical, maybe this generation said, no, nah, that's it's not safe, though. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not us. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So maybe that's a positive point, you know. But this song to me is, again, part of that line that's been sold to us for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, hope is hope is a good component of what we're doing. But to sing all we need is hope is a fallacy. You know, we're talking about lyrical content, but let's talk about the music. The music is not even revolutionary because the music is programmed. It's yeah. not coming from anything but a computer. The only thing I sort of disagree with, but I don't. I, at the end of the day, Scoop, we're eye to eye on this. But um, the only thing I'll say is that just because you're using software or programming, um, or using loops or breaks or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that it can't move you. So, you, you know, you guys have spent a lot of the episode talking about Public Enemy which is, of course, all programmed. But even then, it's still, it's programmed by sampling other music. We're not, I'm talking about right now, nobody's even sampling anymore. They're just... Right, right. I mean, I'm just saying there's a creativity. You can freak anything if you're inspired enough, if you're talented enough. But yeah, overwhelmingly, I completely agree with you. That, that brings to mind the question for me of where, you know, if you look at that music, whether it's live instrumentation or whether it's samples, there is that feeling of like to your point you could take the lyrical content out and just listen to it mm-hmm. there's that feeling of what is vibe. what is going on now is in this music yeah. mm-hmm. and i'll bring up you know <laughs> i know john's about to go off <laughs> <laughs> i'll bring up luke cage all right one of the issues i had some positive things say say about it and i told john there's some things i loved about it what they're trying to do but one of the many issues i had with that show is that the soundtrack, the music that they're playing, you know, the score is 70s, you know, quote unquote, black exploitation, really groove, you know, funk. It's attempting to be that. OK, that's the vibe it's giving off. And one of the questions I had after listening to that, because it annoyed me that I was hearing that, because it's like, why? It's 2016. Why am I? Then the question that I went to is, OK, wait a minute. Is there no one that can score a 2016, quote unquote, black urban show? that reflects our culture in 2000. What is our sound now? You know what I'm saying? It's like, do we have a sound now? I can go in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s even. And we, you know, there's a sound that reflects us, mm-hmm. you know, our mm-hmm. neighborhoods, our, you know, even outside of our neighborhoods, just us as a people, no matter where we live. There's some, do we have a sound now? I don't know. 
Is there a, is there a sound that reflects? But that's is that is that a new creation of a new genre of music? Are you talking about? Because if you go back today, we talking about jazz was that voice, I'm and saying, then okay. R and B right, being that right, voice, right. and hyper. But, but, I'm, but I'm, they're I'm, all I'm new creations outside, of new music outside like, of genre. If I say if I say to you or if I say to Jahan, yo, score this television show, and make sure your score reflects our culture in 2016. Is there is there a sound? Well, if you're looking at something that's going to provide an accurate reflection musically of of what's happening now really isn't sort of whatever Drake style is or trap music. Isn't that the sort of dominant, isn't that the dominant form right now for better or for worse, generally for that's, worse. That's, and that's, that's my question. Cause I was just in Harlem two weeks ago and I, as I was walking around, the vibe I got was not, you know, uh, consistent or no, the vibe I got was not, not the sound, sound, the music that I heard in Luke Cage. Yeah, okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't no, the vibe. I think it's, it's not like that. So it's like, yo, they, they did that deliberately because, yeah, I know, know, I know why they did it, but I'm saying, you know, and, and you and I both have agreed that I feel like that was a mistake. But if, if I said, if I was show running that show and said, yo, I need, you know, I go to, yeah. I go to my musician, the guy who's going to do the score, and I say, yo, I need music that reflects 2016. Yeah. And he has to create new music, but it just sounds like 2016. What is it? You know, do we have that sound? Is there a sound? And if we don't have that sound, how did that happen? Well, music is so minimal right now, especially popular black music. It's stripped down, and it's almost like the age of minimalism as far as music mm-hmm. is concerned. You know, you listen from Beyonce's Lemonade to what Kanye's doing. It's all minimal. It's stripped down to the essence where there's, it's really just one sound, one instrument, and that leads the sound. So I don't even know if that's what you could call the new sound right now but if you're scoring a show how far can you go with that if that if, yeah, if, 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 if that's far. right you, you can't, can't go, go very far because there's right. nothing there it's empty yeah and that's and that's what so you have to go back to something because if, if, you, if you're looking for a sound is right now it's minimalism and that's and that's a that's a problem because it it's is like a problem. What, how yeah. did this happen how did we we allowed it we allowed it to happen because we're not to me we allowed it to happen because and when i say we i'm speaking in very general terms we allowed it to happen because we accepted that and let it be popular we didn't we didn't challenge anything we don't we're not pushing back on artists that's one of my biggest problems right now is that we're not pushing back on bullshit. Mm-hmm. We know bullshit, we hear bullshit, but we're not pushing back on it. We're just accepting it. And we're letting other people, like we're allowing our kids to accept that. We're not pushing mm-hmm. back on them like, no, that's some bullshit. Mm-hmm. You should push for better. Is so when there- Kanye puts out some bullshit, no. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? No, no, right, no, 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 no. And, but, but we allow it to exist and it mm-hmm. continues and that's what, that, that's what becomes a problem. Well, all right, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can end on something better than that. <laughs> this has been the Music Snobs podcast. I want to thank you all for listening and supporting. Uh, you can find us at themusicsnobs.com and we converse via Twitter at Total Music Snobs. <laughs>